Raider Nation, it's that time of the week again. Subscribe and tune in to get the latest news and analysis on everything silver and black. But yes, the Las Vegas Raiders have their guy, Josh McDaniels. Looking for objective opinions and interviews with A-list guests? Just pod, baby. Congrats on 100 episodes. I'm happy for you guys. Keep doing your thing, and thanks for having me, man. It was a blast. Look no further. You are listening to Just Pod, baby, a Las Vegas Raiders podcast. Brought to you by SportsNot.com. The prime thing is you have to win. You have to win. Otherwise, you can't be a success in professional football. And now your host, Evan Grote. Hello, Raider Nation. Here we go again, back at it with a brand new episode of Just Pod Baby, a Las Vegas Raiders podcast brought to you by SportsNot.com. Please subscribe to the show if you don't already. Please follow me on Twitter at egrope 5 if you don't already. And please go out there and check out two websites for me. Number one, please check out the website JustPodBaby.com, which is the website that is dedicated to this podcast. Uh, please send me messages that you may have for me, questions that you may have for me, or just thoughts and opinions on the show that you might have for me uh, using the contact page on the website. Those messages go directly to my personal email, so I'm looking forward to hearing from you guys. Um, also, I want you guys to head over to sportsnot.com, uh, which I am a segment producer for that website. We have Raiders coverage over on sportsnot.com. We cover all sports, MLB, NFL, NBA, PGA, MMA, you name it, we cover it. We have Sportsnot uh, YouTube page that you can check out with uh, interviews there. We have um, a podcast, several podcasts, including mine. Uh, we're launching a brand new fantasy football show, so there's a lot going on over there. Make sure that you are checking it all out. Now, the Raiders did finish up two days of joint practices with the 49ers on Friday, and it sounds like the Raiders got in two really good days of, of work with them. Um this is all ahead of Sunday's preseason game number one at Allegiant Stadium. I don't expect to see many of the starters in that one. Um, Josh McDaniels met with the media on Friday, and he he commented that a lot of these players got a ton of reps. Uh, so I wouldn't uh, count on seeing much of Jimmy Garoppolo, much of... Uh, starters along the offensive line and, and some of the starters in the secondary. Uh, who knows, though? Josh Mc, uh, McDaniels did surprise us last year in the Hall of, Fame, Hall of Fame game when he started Josh McDaniels. And, and not only did he start jo- uh, Josh Jacobs, excuse me, uh, but Jacobs got a few carries in that game. So it is possible uh, that he throws a surprise at us and, and we will see some of the starters uh, in the game on Sunday. But we'll just have to wait and see how that all uh, plays out. You know, either way, I'm excited to watch some football on Sunday. It's been a long time since week 18 of the 2022 season. Even if it is just some preseason football, I'm really looking forward to seeing some of the young players on the team and and how they, uh, you know, hold up in, in real game action. We've been hearing a lot about some of the things they've been doing out in training camp, which is all positive. Um, I want to see how they do in, in a game situation. And, and you know what? That has been one of the real big storylines of this year's training camp is is how some of these young players are developing, not only the rookies, but guys in year two and, and some of the guys in year three. And so um, I think that is a great thing for this young Raiders football team. Also on the show this week, I want to spend some time uh, in the first segment of the show talking about the Raiders' defense. You've been hearing a lot about it. The expectations, in my opinion, for the defense heading into training camp this year were that they were not going to be very good, (laughs) if I'm being completely honest with you. But right now, based on what we are hearing, uh, at least from the first two weeks and, and after the first two days of joint practices with the 49ers, 
the expectations uh, and, and the hype surrounding this defense now it has gone through the roof. And to be fair, you know, what we're hearing isn't that the Raiders are all of a sudden going to be a top 10 defense. No, that's not what, what anyone should expect to happen. But I think it's fair to say right now that they are exceeding expectations um, at this point. And so we're, we're getting a lot of promising uh, feedback coming out of, of camp. Uh, so that one of the questions that I've been you know, kicking around here in my head over the past week is, is this Raiders defense for real this year? Is this a defense that is going to be more respectable? You know, I'm not, again, I'm not saying top 10, but are they going to be better than, you know, the 24th best defense in the NFL? So I want you guys to think about that for a moment and we will dive a little bit deeper into that in just a moment. Um, we will also be joined by a guest this week. He's been covering it all like a glove for News 8 now out there in Las Vegas. We had him on last season. He's going to make his 2023 season debut uh, this week. Uh, Logan Reaver will hop on the line with me in segment number two. And I want to get some of his thoughts on in, uh, what he has seen uh, from the defense uh, this year and, and whether or not he believes they are ready to make a jump uh, in, in, the, in a positive direction this year. So that is the rundown for the show. Uh, we are going to get it kicked off now, though, with some news coming out of uh, Henderson on Friday. And that is the, a new player is, is with the Raiders now. They signed running back Damian Williams. I'm not sure if that moves the needle for many of you. It doesn't for me. Um, I think it's more about uh, having an insurance policy, an extra body in camp. Josh McDaniels uh, was asked about it and he pretty much said what I just told you. It's it's a camp body. There's a couple guys who are nicked up. Britton Brown uh, did not practice on Friday. The Raiders are still without Josh Jacobs. And so that, there's a lot of reps that need to be uh, given out here over the course of the next couple weeks of training camp. There's still three preseason games left, and there's also two, uh, another um, joint practice session with the Los Angeles Rams next week. So, uh, you know, to save some wear and tear on guys like Zamir White and, and Brandon Bolin and Amir Abd- uh, Abdullah, they bring in another body. Um, he's not anyone who I would expect to uh, be with the Raiders when camp breaks, uh, unfortunately for Williams, but uh, that's just the nature of the business. Now, Williams hasn't done a whole lot in the league since 2019, which was his best year uh, of his career. He had with the Chiefs, played very well in the Super Bowl that year. Uh, signed with the Bears after that in 2021, played only 12 games, and then was with Atlanta last year, but was pretty much a non-factor. So at the age of 31, I'm not quite sure uh, what he has left in the tank. And, you know, I don't know if anyone should really be looking too much into this signing. As I said, this is nothing more than a a guy to take some some of the workload off some of the other players that are in camp. Uh, I see some people out there on Twitter criticizing the move, saying this is not... You know, this is not the type of guy you bring in to replace Josh Jacobs. That's that is not what this is about at all. So try not to look too much into that move. Now I mentioned being really excited about watching some of the young players who have impressed early at camp: Zamir White, Jacorian Bennett, Michael Mayer, who's actually been out the last few days with an injury, but we've been hearing really good things about him. Trey Tucker. We've also been hearing some good things about Nesta Jade Silveria. Byron Young returned to practice. Sounds like he had made some plays on Thursday versus the 49ers. Um, and I was also listening to the State of the Nation podcast uh, done by the guys over at the Athletic, and it sounds like Thayer Munford has really started to assert himself in that battle 
battle for the right tackle position uh, versus uh, with uh, Jermaine Illuminor. Uh, they've I've heard good things about Dylan Parham. So this is all great news for a, a young Raiders team because as I, as I have said uh, many times before on the podcast, ultimately I believe this is how Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler are going to be uh, judged this year. You know, how do the young players develop? It's going to be less about the wins and the losses and more about do they hit on some draft picks in year one? And what do some of the second and third year players look like in year two under this regime? Of course, winning games um, is going to help, you know, McDaniels' case, but it's all about the youngsters because if you are selling to your owner and to your fan base, a rebuild, or you know, you're trying to sell to your owner that you need to get your guys in the building and try to establish, you know, your culture and your identity. Then you better make sure that you that the guys that you've drafted are showing some signs of improvement and in, in contributing as well. And so it sounds like that is the case at least early on uh, at training camp. Now it's still very early on. We, we're not even to preseason game number one yet, but it sounds like the rookie class has had a you know pretty good um, start. And they have a chance to be a pretty good group as of right now. Now, Michael Mayer, um, as I mentioned, has been out. But prior to that, he's been as good as advertised. I hope he can get back on the field soon. I'm hoping he can return before next week's uh, joint practices with the Rams. Jacorian Bennett continues to get high praise. And I would say at this point, it's fair to say that he is in the driver's seat along with Marcus Peters to be the starting cornerback's on the outside, I mentioned Trey Tucker. He is a, you know, I was very critical of the pick, not so much of the player, but more about where he was selected. Uh, I just thought a player, uh, based on what I had seen from him, I don't think he, I wasn't expecting him to have an impact on the offense. You know, I just, uh, being a top 100 pick, uh, I thought that was a bit of a reach, but we've been hearing some really good things about him as well. He scored on a 30-yard pass from Aiden O'Connell on Friday. Uh, Byron Young was making some noise on Thursday as well. And, and how about seventh-round draft pick Nesta Jade Silveria? I mean, you talk about a guy that you, you didn't think you'd be hearing about, but yes, you are. You're hearing a lot about him. Uh, even his teammate Max Crosby referred to him as a dog, had some really good things to say about him. So the early returns on this year's rookie class are very, very, very positive. And that, keep in mind, that is without first round pick Tyree Wilson even touching the field yet. He has yet to make his rookie debut. So uh, if you're Josh McDaniels and you're Dave Ziegler, I think you have to feel pretty good right now about the way things are going with your rookie class. Now, moving on to the big topic of the show, is the Raiders defense for real this year? I'm sure you've all been following it as I have. And I think that all of the information that is uh, coming out of camp, the first couple of weeks, I think the thing that has caught me the off guard the most is about the Raiders defense and the amount of turnovers that they have been able to create six interceptions alone on Friday against the 49ers offense. Now, some of these coming in seven on seven situations, not all of them in a traditional 11 on uh, 11 on 11 setting. We know that some of these are coming against maybe the second string quarterback or even the third string quarterback. Um, and we all know quarterbacks like to work on some things during training camp. Derek Carr used to say that all the time. But nonetheless, the defense, the linebackers and the cornerbacks alike, are putting themselves in opportunistic uh, situations, and they're getting their hands on the ball and making plays. And that is something that the Raiders have lacked on defense for such a long time. Now, we're talking about a defense 
that was last in takeaways last year. Only 13 takeaways the entire season. I went back and looked because uh, I wanted to, you know, just make sure I had the numbers fresh in my head. Uh, 29th in the league in 2021 with only 15 takeaways. 30th in 2020 with 15. 31st in 2029 with 15, 23rd in 2018 with 17, 31st in the NFL in 2017 with 14. And then you all know uh, that in 2016, the Raiders were actually very good in takeaways. They were second in the NFL in takeaways with 30, which helped them, which was part of the reason why they were able to get that that wonderful 12-4 and record that season. Now, on last week's show... Uh, we broke down the addition of Marcus Peters and what he can bring to the defense with his ball hawking ability. I mean, that has been the trademark of Marcus Peters over the years is his ability to not only make interceptions, but but take it to the house. And I asked the question last week on the show, which version of Marcus Peters are the Raiders getting? Are they getting the guy from a year ago who you know struggled at times, didn't get his hands on a lot of footballs, or are they getting the guy prior to the knee injury that he suffered who was an all-pro, who was you know, creating pick sixes and all those types of things? And it sounds like they're getting more of the latter. Uh, it seems like every day we are hearing about Marcus Peters coming up with an interception. Now, I still don't know what to make of all of this. Um, you know, I put some of my thoughts out there on Twitter on Thursday. Uh, this kind of reminds me of a couple years ago. I'm sure many of you remember when the Raiders got together with the Rams for joint practices. Uh, the Rams were a team with Super Bowl aspirations that year. Uh, I think it was 2019 or 2020, if I'm correct. Uh, but I remember during those joint practices that the Raiders really surprised a lot of people, held their own, and depending on who you ask, you know, if you were to ask some of the beat writers who were out there covering it, who were out there watching it and reporting it, they may tell you that the Raiders even won those joint practices. And and you're hearing that with this year's joint practices with the 49ers, that the Raiders appeared to be the better team. And, you know, I recall the hype really starting to build around the Raiders after that joint practice session with the Rams uh, that year. And I'm kind of getting some of those same vibes um, this year after the joint practices. I just don't know how much you can put into two days of good practice with another team. Certainly, it's a it's great to hear that the Raiders are holding their own, that the offense is scoring the ball, that the defense is making plays. But this is in a very controlled environment. Um, you know, situations are being set up, red zone, third down. Uh, there isn't any game planning going on. There's no scheming going on. And, and so personally... Although it's very good to hear these things, and it's a great sign uh, with this young team, I'm still not ready to change my expectations uh, for the Raiders quite yet for for the season. Now, anyways, getting back to the question at hand, is this Raiders defense for real? For me, it's hard to believe with what I see on paper that things could get drastically better or significantly better in just one offseason. But there are a lot of new faces on this defense. Uh, Marcus Peters, there's a lot of youngsters. Uh, it is year two in Patrick Graham's scheme for some of these players. And from what I've been hearing, he is trying to simplify things a little bit more this year and, and, and play to his uh, strengths of his roster. And, you know, I was also wondering to myself, uh, is it possible that this year uh, the secondary could be 
comparable to last year's offensive line. And those of you who have you know been following the, the listening to the podcast for a number of years, you know last year I had I had major concerns with the offensive line, and they ended up being overachievers in my opinion. They ended up you know playing much better than I ever anticipated. And this year I have concerns with the secondary as well as a, a, a the linebacker group. But is it possible that this year's cornerback group could overachieve like last year's offensive line did? I think that's a fair question to ask yourself. It would make a huge difference for this defense if um, you know if the secondary could step up and, and play some better football because I do expect Chandler Jones to be better in year two. Uh, I, I think we all know Max Crosby is going to be great. Eventually Tyree Wilson will get out there. And so I think the defensive line is going to get pressure. Now, if the defensive backs can work hand-in-hand with the pass rush and play well on coverage, then you're going to see those sack numbers go up, okay? Because if they can cover longer, then it gives more time for those pass rushers to get the quarterback. And if the sack numbers go up, then you're getting off the field more on third downs. That means you're creating more game-changing plays like sacks, sack fumble, strip sacks. And that is how your defense gets better in a hurry, by creating game-changing plays. I've been saying it for many, many years now. This Raiders defense does not create enough game-changing plays, um, you know, creating turnovers uh, and generating more sacks. Those are two ways to get that done and get your defense better in a hurry. So I'm looking forward to seeing that. I went back and looked today. It's been over 10 years since the Raiders have had a respectable defense. I mean, I know this, but I just wanted to go back and look at some numbers to have some some hardcore evidence here. I stopped looking at 2013. I went back as far as 2013. I stopped looking, and I know that the NFL measures defensive uh, defenses on total yards. I, t- I prefer to do that by looking at um, total points allowed because I think it's just a better indicator of, of defense. Uh, so that's what I looked at for this example here. Um, the Raiders have ranked in the bottom eight to 10 worst defenses every year since 2013 dead last in a couple of years. They were 31st, a couple of years. Um, the, the, the best the Raiders defense has been in terms of points allowed per game in the last 10 years came in 2017 when they were allowing 23.3, uh, points per game. So you tell me it's been a long time for this Raiders defense. Does it feel different to you? Does it feel different to you? Um, I, you know, again, I put my thoughts out there on Twitter and I got some responses from some of you. Scott S. Uh, from South Carolina responded to my question about whether or not you are buying the hype. Uh, he says it's the same story every year. Last year, Chandler Jones was going to take the defense to a new level. Nate Hobbs was being hyped up as a top cornerback. Bilal Nichols was going to bring the, the pass rush up the middle. I'll believe it when it happens. And, and, and Scott, I, I appreciate the comments and I appreciate the interaction. And I, and I think I have to agree with you. Um, I'm kind of in that same belief that I have to actually see it with my own eyes before I can believe it. It is great to hear the reports that we're getting. Uh, but I think Raider fans, we've got some deep scars with these defenses we've had to endure over the last couple of years. So, um, I'm going to continue to be a little bit skeptical. Um, until I see it with my own eyes, but there is no denying there's a lot of excitement and the vibes are are really positive right now with the Raiders defense. 
So that is the question. Are you buying into this year's Raiders defense right now? Are you believing the hype with all the takeaways? Do you think they can carry this momentum into the season when they're facing the likes of a Justin Herbert two times a year, a Patrick Mahomes two times a year, uh, a Denver Broncos offense who I expect to be much better under the guidance of Sean Payton, Aaron Rodgers, Josh Allen. These are some of the quarterbacks that they're going to be facing this year. You let me know. I'd like to hear from you. Shoot me a direct message at egroat5 on Twitter. Send me a message through the contact page at justpodbaby.com. I want to know what you think about this Raiders defense and are you buying the hype? Uh, Let me know what your thoughts are. All right, guys, good start to the show. Segment one down. Time for me to step aside now. And when I return, we're going to go out to the guest line and we're going to chat with Logan Reaver of News 8 Now in Las Vegas. He has boots on the ground. He's been out there every day taking it all in. So we will get some of Logan's thoughts on the Raiders and the defense in particular. Don't go anywhere. Coming up, Right now on Just Pod Baby, part of SportsNot.com's podcast network. All right, Raider Nation, welcome back to Just Pod Baby. I'm your host, Evan Grote. Happy to have you joining me again this week. Please subscribe to the podcast. Lots of new stuff coming your way now that the season is upon us. Preseason week one gets kicked off this week on Sunday at Allegiant Stadium. Who's heading out to Vegas for the game? Are any of you guys making the trip? Based on what I've been seeing on social media, it looks like many of you guys are planning to be out there for the game. So enjoy yourselves if you are out in Las Vegas this weekend. But let's get back to it now. Just a quick update on Devontae Adams. It sounds like the Raiders had a little bit of a scare today. Devontae Adams was injured very early on at practice. I believe it was the first play of the scrimmage. He had a collision with one of the defensive backs from the 49ers. He was down for some time had to be helped off the field, limped off the field, and his day was done. He did not finish the practice, but I just saw a tweet from uh, Vinny Bonsignor of the Review Journal. He tweeted out that it appears the Raiders have dodged a bullet and uh, Adams is expected to be okay. Uh, I'm sure we will learn more about his status when the Raiders return to practice next week, so that will be something uh, to monitor. We've now reached the portion of the show where we like to go out to the the phone lines and welcome in our guests. And so we're going to do that now. Our guest this week is from News 8 Now in Las Vegas. He's been seeing this all with his own eyes out there in Henderson. We are chatting with Logan Reaver, and we are happy to have him on the line with this week. And, And Logan, I've spent much of the show... Uh, this week discussing the Raiders defense and the hype that is surrounding this unit uh, during the first couple weeks of training camp. It sounds like they had a really good two days of work with the 49ers. What would you say though, uh, based on what you have observed and what you're hearing, uh, what would you say to Raiders fans who are a little skeptical right now about this Raiders defense? I mean, is this the year that the Raiders finally put together a respectable defense? I mean, there's reason to be skeptical still, obviously, because you know we're only a couple of weeks in, um, and obviously there's a lot of a lot of room to grow and all of that, and there's a lot of new pieces. I think the thing that makes it a little bit more legitimate, and even in these last couple of days that have sorted started to convince people, including the media members like myself, is the fact that you were doing it against a team that was in the Final Four last year and is legitimate in in a lot of ways, and the, and the talent on the other side is no joke. Um, and sure, there were chunk plays that they gave up, so it, not all of it was perfect. But in terms of what we saw from the just the Raiders' defenses of the past, at least, it, it felt like a different energy. And, and I more so say that because the ways that they're talking about the actual defense, even after the fact, uh, when they're at the podium and they're meeting with us in the media room, 
I think that's the thing that feels the most different is that there's quietly a level of confidence brewing. A number of guys who, who weren't even here last year, like Robert Spillane was referencing how a lot of people feel that they're the worst defense in the league or, or up there and that they truly do not feel that. And I think it's been reflecting in the play because going back to even a week ago, I think a lot of people questioned the defense because is it, oh, Jimmy G is having a bad day or, you know, what's going on in terms of that? Is it more about uh, a Jimmy G struggle or is the defense actually making plays? But in this case, you have a team like the 49ers who have so much talent on that side of the ball. And for them to absolutely, honestly, eviscerate them in terms of the, the turnovers, I think that was a bit of an eye-opener. Because I understand it's 7-on-7 seven seven and 11-on-11. 11 11, uh, but there was one sequence where there was even four interceptions in an eight-play span during 7-on-7 seven seven in the red zone. And, I mean, 7-on-7 seven seven for the most part is designed for the offense to show out. Like, that's, that's hard to do. Um, and you're seeing these new faces make plays time and time again. Um, like the majority of the interceptions and the takeaways were by guys who were technically still learning this Patrick Graham defense. And I think that's the thing to be encouraged about. Um, who's to say if that translates to week one and if this is a completely different narrative for this Raiders defense. But I think it's been impressive for this amount of faces to come here and play the way that, they're, uh, that they've been playing and kind of talk the way that they've been talking. Um, and it kind of creates an upward trajectory for this team that that part of it is what feels unique from teams of the past. You know, you mentioned some of the interceptions. We've been hearing a lot about that. I believe it was six interceptions today on Friday uh, against the 49ers. And you also mentioned some of the new faces who are getting in on this interception party that we've been hearing about the last couple of days. Marcus Peters is one of those guys. Uh, What kind of impact do you expect Marcus Peters to have on the defense, not only you know on the field making plays, but also as a mentor to some of these younger guys in the secondary, like a Jacorian Bennett or an Amik Robertson, Trayvon Merrick, and just kind of bring that alpha dog mentality uh, to the field and to the, into the secondary? I think it's like you're just saying. I think it's much more off the field than anything on the field. And he's been really good on the field for a guy that's only been here legit for two weeks. But I, I think the presence is more felt off of the field because I think that going back to the way that some of these guys are talking about him in the room really speaks volumes. And I think that when Nate Hobbs was up there talking about how you know, he's the OG and just kind of the, all of the things he's accomplished and, and putting him in the class of some of the great cornerbacks that he's been able to work with in his career up until this point. Um, you know, it's not fake love or it's not just pumping a guy's tires. You can kind of sense that a, a guy with that mentality that Marcus Peters has, like that rubs off on guys. You know, is he perfect and gives up uh, plays from time to time? Of course. Um, and I know a lot of the conversation was, what does he still have in the tank? Um, but in terms of a, a motivation and inspiration standpoint, I feel like that is going to be the biggest payoff for a guy like Marcus Peters. And you're talking about it with a guy like uh, Jacorian Bennett, uh, who's been fantastic, definitely had his moments uh, in terms of this, this Niners joint practices, because again, he's going up against some legitimate guys uh, when it comes to receivers in San Francisco. Uh, but Peter being out there is much more than just, hey, let's, uh, like, let's be a little bit more aggressive and jump this route. I really think it's the behind-the-scenes stuff, and I have desperately just felt that this secondary, let alone this defense, has needed somebody with that mindset of an alpha male for a long time now. And I think that was the biggest thing that was missing last year. There were leaders on the defense. Obviously, you got your Max Crosby's, and Denzel Perryman was another big leader, and you know, I know he's gone. But I, I truly think if you're going to have success as defense, you have to have that captain and everybody that you turn to that's on the back end. And I think that he, the way that he talks and, and presents himself in this air of confidence that he walks around with, I think will rub off on other guys. And 
you need all sorts of confidence if you're going to be a DB in this league. And if that can rub off in some way, shape, or form when the games actually get real, I think that's going to be a massive improvement uh, for this secondary. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. I think, uh, you know, as you said, when you're playing the cornerback position, you're out there on an island. Uh, you have to you have to carry yourself and you have to play the game with a certain level of confidence and swagger. It's something I've talked about, and I and, I, and Marcus Peters has that. And as you mentioned, the Raiders have not had that at the cornerback in a very long time. So I'm, I, I am excited about that. Uh, you know, we we all know how good Max Crosby is, so we're not going to sit here and, and talk a lot about him. Uh, it sounds like he's been unblockable again in camp. But besides him, is there a name? You know, we touched on Marcus Peters as well. Is there an, another name that you think has put together a nice camp so far that could surprise some of the fans and and have a nice season for the defense? I think it's turning into less and less of a surprise. But I, I Nesta Jade Silvera was was one of the standout guys over the course of the two days. Um, and I think that's going to be a guy that you're hearing more and more about the same way that you're hearing about Jacorian Bennett, the more that we go along, um, you know, during the one on runs, he was kind of having his way at certain point with some of these uh, Niners offensive linemen. And uh, you know, they, they got some guys on that, on that Niners O line. So I think that that's why that this is not uh, anything that's coming out of left field from a uh, sample, because San Francisco is a really good team top to bottom, you know, one of the most loaded rosters in the league and so when you're seeing some of these one-on-one matchups against some of, you know, the best guys at their position at certain spots, that's what makes it, you know, credible and everything that goes along with it. So Nesta had a really good couple of days to go along with um, everything that he was doing beforehand. Um, and a guy that not just, he's been a little bit of a veteran popped around, but I've actually really been impressed uh, with Duke Shelley when it comes to going back to the secondary spot, because every single time that you look up, he's around the ball. And, you know, whether that is you know, a Marcus Peters effect or everything, like he's he's been steady as they go uh, along with this. So if he's able to earn a starting spot uh, to go along with a guy like Jacorian and everything else, um, then that would be huge for, for this defense going forward. But uh, in terms of guys that weren't on the radar, that could be, I think Nesta is going to be a guy that you hear about uh, here in the coming weeks and as the season gets going. Logan Reaver of News 8 Now in Las Vegas is our guest this week on, on Just Pod. Maybe just chatting some Raiders football here uh, as the Raiders wrapped up uh, day two of uh, joint practices with the 49ers. You know, on Logan, uh, Logan, on Friday, I listened to Austin uh, Hooper and his, his uh, press conference with the media. Uh, talked a lot about Jimmy Garoppolo. I've heard a lot of the guys uh, on the team talk about Jimmy Garoppolo. One of the things that stood out to me about what Hooper had to say was Jimmy Garoppolo and his his calming effect that he has on the offense inside the huddle and just the type of you know the good guy that he is um and it kind of got me thinking about all of the turnover on the roster this year guys like Derek Carr who was with the team for many many years Darren Waller no longer with the team even a guy like Josh Jacobs who uh was a big part of that locker room not currently with the team um you know what, what can you say about uh, the biggest, I guess, what is the vibe like um, in the locker room this year with, with so many new faces? And, and you know, you, you touched on it a little bit earlier about some of the differences that you've noticed between uh, teams of the past and, and this year's Raiders team. I think that there's, I think there's, on, honestly, I think there's a little bit of a, a breath of fresh air. And I think that, I think the Derek stuff more than anything had kind of run its course. And that's not to be you know, too negative or, or paint it in a certain way. I think that just happens. I think that when you're in a locker room for a certain amount of time, sometimes maybe the message wears thin or it doesn't wear off the way that it needs to. And in a lot of ways, Jimmy's, you know, 
biggest asset for a guy that's pursued by everybody, quite literally off the field, you know, the, the biggest bachelor in, in the nation in the eyes of some is that he's he genuinely is the most down to earth guy. And I think that that really relates with the guys in this locker room, because even talking with uh, a couple of guys uh, when it's been in a non-football sense, just kind of seeing them around and, and having conversations is that truly the biggest thing that Jimmy brings to the table is he is himself. I know that that sounds like a generic, like PBS type of quote or something that's just, you know, it's very uh, filler, but it's true. And I think that when you have that from a quarterback spot, that there's not a a separation of church and state when it comes to the offense or or what it might be or the leadership and stuff like that. I think you have a more cohesive unit. And I know this offense has a lot of room to go and, and definitely has to mold more so and they're finding their rhythm, but they are getting better as they go along, and, and that's been evident in camp. It'll be interesting to see when the games start getting real, and that's when we'll truly be able to see it. We can gauge uh, you know, how together they are, but I think that there's just a, a level of ease and a level of uh, guys truly putting their confidence in Jimmy G, and I, I think it's been pretty seamless for the most part. Um, and I think that he's been put in a lot of situations in his career where he probably could have freaked out. Like Even this week with San Francisco being in town, and a guy in Kyle Shanahan who at times it didn't really feel like wanted him. You know, that was for a lot of guys, that would be a pretty emotional week or seeing a team that, you know, you could have saw the potential of, or, you know, probably had your disagreements with at times, but you know, Jimmy was just ultimately respectful and, and, and only talked about their experience um, with gracious words. And I really think that says a lot about the guy because the everyday civilian, the, the people like you or I, sometimes I think that our, our quotes would be a lot different if we were put in that situation um, than a guy who has had such a, a microscope on him, especially by Raider Nation up until this point. So I really think that that does translate to the field. And don't let this be lost on you, Evan. The guys really like him. And that's not a that's not a facade or anything that they're putting on. They really do like the guy. And I think it's evident in the way that they talk about him. Um, you're not getting those generic answers. You're you're getting pretty heartfelt stuff uh, from this team when it comes to talking about their quarterback, and that is not a thing with every team in the NFL. You can you can count that for sure. I agree. Everything that we seem to be hearing from his teammates is real positive stuff, real real great things as far as him as a teammate and as a person, uh, and that's really important. But uh, it's only going to go so far. You got to win football games as well. So, what's your overall mm-hmm. uh, assessment, Ben, of Jimmy G as he continues to work his way back from the foot injury? Is there are, are you seeing some things that? maybe surprise you about him, uh, you know, things that he's able to do on the field, or is he kind of exactly what you thought he was? Um, To be honest, he kind of is exactly what I thought he was. I mean, this is a guy that's won a lot of games, um, and the reason he's won a lot of games in most cases is you're not asking him to do the world. Like, there were times that deep balls uh, that he threw were not good, like even the course of the last couple of days. But if you put him in the right sort of system and you want to play the right type of way, which Josh McDaniels obviously does and knows, or else he wouldn't have gone out to pursue him in the first place, um, then you should be fine. I think expectations-wise, a lot of people still have them around 500 at best. That's kind of still my ballpark for them. But it really is going to come down to one or two plays the same way that it did last year. And if a guy like Jimmy can – you can put yourself in situations where there's less room for error or mistakes – you may end up winning those games that you lost in, in a lot of ways last year. Um, so it's definitely not all perfect when it comes to, to Jimmy G, but uh, being out on the field when he's, when he's forced to, like uh, I would say the last two days, he did not start well at all. The first day of joints, 
Um, it was not going great, especially in seven on seven and eleven on eleven. Uh, but really, the turning point was a two-minute drill uh, towards the end of the first day. And and on Friday, he was really good. And uh, I think that in a lot of ways, that represents what he is: is that he really get once he gets his confidence going and he gets in a rhythm. Um, he's the guy that you want as your signal caller. And it's not because he's doing anything crazy or running around or extending plays. It's just because he's consistent and steady Eddie. That is the word that everybody keeps using with Jimmy G, and it's just steady. And um, that's what you want, obviously, from your quarterback position. But from a, uh, a throwing standpoint or you know, sort of like a theatric standpoint when you talk about Patrick Mahomes or something like that, he's not that. Don't get me wrong. And it's not like his, his arm looks stronger or anything. He kind of is what he is. Um, but I think that what he is will be more of a benefit than what they had last season uh, when it comes to commanding this offense. Absolutely. There's nothing wrong with, with Steady Eddie. And I, I do have one more <laughs> for you before I get you out of here. I know you got some TV you got to do here. Uh, a lot of, <laughs> a lot of exciting young players on the roster. Uh, one of them that I'm really intrigued by is, is Zamir White. R- regardless of what happens with the Josh Jacobs situation. And I do think Jacobs will be back with the team come week one. But do you think uh, White is, is, is ready and capable to take on a larger role this season? 1,000%. He is, he's, he is ready to take on a larger role. Um, in a lot of ways, I think we need to start incorporating some of those country workouts that he's referenced. We're throwing around hay and, uh, and, 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 and just kind of playing and being with his horses because he truly is a massive individual. Um, and it shows in his running style. Like there was, you know, here in terms of day two of joints, there was an impressive run where he ripped through for a 35 yard touchdown. Um, and he kind of looked like a bully down the sideline and definitely not the kind of guy that you want to get in the way of. And we know that that was the calling card of Josh Jacobs last season is that when he gets rolling, he is a tough guy to stop, uh, to stop. And I think Zamir is the same way. We haven't had the chance to see a lot of it, obviously, uh, in terms of this point in his career. But in camp, physically, he looks ready for the task. Um, and he doesn't have a, a massive uh, workload on him already. So this is a guy that's relatively fresh when it comes to you know, not taking a massive amount of hits and has a similar sort of build in terms of toughness to a guy like Josh Jacobs. Obviously, Josh has more elusiveness and can truly make guys miss in the open field and has everything you want from a running back for the most part. Uh, but Zamir carries some of those same tools. Um, and if it does get to the point where it's just Zamir back there really at any point this season, um, I think that there should be a confidence from from Raider fans because uh, this guy truly can uh, be a game changer um, and can be a guy that you can give the ball to 20 to 25 times a game uh, and have confidence that you're, you're moving the sticks along um, and can wear down teams over the course of 60 minutes. So I would say that that's a guy – um, who truly looks the part when he's out there on the practice field, and it should translate to games. Yes, good stuff there on Samir White. I'm not sure how much we will see of him on Sunday and throughout the preseason, but certainly he is one of the young players that Raider Nation is excited to see. Logan Reaver, thanks so much for the time. I appreciate you squeezing us in. You can follow Logan on Twitter, at Logan Reaver. He does a great job covering the team, so you want to make sure that you are getting all of his great content. We'll get you on again sometime down the road once the season starts. Uh, thanks again, Logan. I appreciate it, my friend. Thanks so much. You have a good one. All right, Logan Reaver, uh, News 8 Now in Las Vegas. There he goes. You heard him on Nessa Jade Salveria. I mean, it's getting real with him. The, the, the more people I talk to uh, each day that goes on, there's a lot of smoke with this kid, and we will have to see, but 
he did really well for himself this week, it sounds like. I'll be keeping an eye on him. Uh, he's one of the players I'm going to be keen on on Sunday, assuming he plays, which I fully expect him to play because he is a young player, seventh-round draft pick. You want to get those guys some reps in the preseason. Okay, Red Nation, that brings us up to the end of the show now. Big thank you to our guest, Logan Reaver. I'll be back again next week with a brand new show. We'll have plenty to talk about. More joint practices coming up with the Rams. We can dissect the preseason game with the 49ers. I'm looking forward to it. In the meantime, though, take care, everyone. Have a great weekend. And until the next time, I am Evan Grote, your host. Enjoy the game on Sunday. And as always, just win, baby.